Well, I will share with you this morning that I have been anticipating this day for some time. If, uh, if you remember last Sunday morning, I shared with you in the worship service that this morning we were going to start a series of sermons on prayer. But honestly, it's much more than that. As the staff and I have met over the last couple of months, I have just had a deep sense in my spirit that God was leading me to call us as a body of believers to a concentrated season of prayer in our lives. Now, I'm a firm believer that God is a God who answers prayer. I believe there is power in prayer, and my own life is evidenced of that. Even this week, I have struggled this week with a cold that I developed on Tuesday. And yesterday morning, I'm going to tell you right now, Brother Aaron doesn't know how close he came to preaching this morning. He just doesn't know. So I know if nobody else was praying for me on Friday morning, I know that Brother Aaron was praying for me. And he was saying, oh, Lord, please help Brother Jeff to recover. But God is good. I, I developed a horrible cough on Friday. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to preach. I mean, I couldn't even talk. Every second word out of my mouth, I was just coughing. But when I woke up on Saturday morning, God, he had healed me. I can say that this morning. My cough had gone away. I'm not fully recovered yet. I'm still working toward that end. And I promise you, as soon as I'm done this morning, I'm going to jump in my truck and I'm going to head home and I'm going to jump on the couch for the rest of the day. But... Um, Please pray for me this morning. I asked the group this morning to pray for me. I even have my trusty water bottle here. So if you know I stop and pause and pick up the water bottle, that's because I'm about to lose my voice today. So please be in prayer for me this morning. But I am a living, walking testimony of answered prayer in many different ways. Not just in the sense that God has healed me over the week, but as I look through my life, I have seen how God has worked in my life, and it's being, it's being because of faithful people, faithful followers of Christ, praying for me. Now, I would be willing to say here this morning, there are many of you who could share testimonies of answered prayer in your life, how God has specifically worked in your life. But I am convinced of this. When I read the Bible, when I look at God's Word, every time God got ready to do something great through His people, it started with them on their knees in prayer. When I read the New Testament, I see this pattern uh, repeated time and time again that when God's people got on their knees in prayer before Him, God chose to work in amazing ways through his people. I'm convinced of that. When I read the book of Acts, it is very clear to see that the book of Acts, that the early church was a praying people. When we look in the second chapter of the book of Acts, we see this pattern of God working through his people when they're on their knees in prayer. In the second chapter, we find the early believers in the upper room. It's the day of Pentecost, and they're waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost, do you know where we find the church? They're on their knees in prayer. In chapter 4, when Peter and John healed the man at the temple gate, they were taken before the Sanhedrin, and when they were brought before the Sanhedrin, they were questioned. 
And they were told not to speak in the name of Jesus Christ anymore for any reason. In the midst of that trial, do you know where we find the early church? You guessed it. They're on their knees in prayer. And after they are released, Peter and John, and they return back to the early church, it tells us that God's work continued to flourish. If you look in chapter 12 of the book of Acts, Peter is again arrested. This time he is delivered miraculously by an angel. And when that angel delivers him, he goes to the room where the early church had gathered. And do you know what they find? Do you know what he finds them doing? They have been in an all-night prayer vigil praying for Peter. Chapter 13, the following chapter after that, all of the leadership of the church at Antioch has gathered. And they're in the middle of a prayer meeting. In the middle of that prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to the leadership of the church and says very clearly, I want you to set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have called them to. And then we know the rest of the story. Look at those two men's lives. When we look at those two men's lives, they carry the gospel to the known world. God works through his people when they are on their knees in prayer. I am convinced of that. Until we as God's people are really willing to seek his face and humble ourselves in his presence, I am convinced until we are willing to do that, until we are willing to fall down before him and seek him in prayer, God cannot truly work in the manner in which he desires for us to work. So what we have decided to do as a staff is we have decided to call the church to 30 days of prayer. We are entitling it simply 30 days of prayer, God still moves. Let me ask you a question. Do you really believe that this morning? Do you believe that we serve a God that desires to move in our hearts and lives as his people? I believe that with all of my heart today as your pastor, that God wants to do something in our church, that he wants to do something in our individual lives. So by faith, we are trusting that in the next 30 days, God is going to do amazing things in our lives. Now, what we have done as a staff is we have identified four different areas Four different areas where we want to concentrate our prayer over the next 30 days. Those four areas are first, God's church. We are going to be praying specifically for our church here at Crestwood. That we would allow God to work in the manner in which he desires to work through this body of believers. Second, we are going to pray for the families of our church. And the reason we're going to pray for the families of our church, we live in a world where the enemy is attacking the families of God's church. And we need to pray a hedge of protection around them that God would strengthen our families, that he would strengthen the foundation of our families. Third, we are going to pray for our community. We are going to pray that God will allow us to see our community through his eyes as he sees our community. And then that he would show us and lead us, that he would guide us through his Holy Spirit in how we can reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Now, I think you would agree with me this morning when I say this. All of Lumberton and all of Coons, let's just say all of Hardin County, is not saved. Would you agree with me on that this morning? That there are people within Hardin County that need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But I am convinced until the lost are prayed for, they won't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They need to be prayed for. Number four, we're going to pray for our world. That God would position us in a place as a church that we can carry the good news of Jesus Christ to the entire world. How many of you remember the Great Commission? The Great Commission commands us to go and to make disciples, not just of America, but of all nations of the world. And so we're going to pray for our world and how God wants to use us in reaching the world with the gospel message. Now, when you leave this morning, as you go out the doors of the worship center, you are going to receive one of these prayer guides. On the outside or the front of this prayer guide, it says 30 days of prayer, and it has the word church, family, community, and world written on it. When you flip it over and you look on the back side, it says God still moves. And then there are five different days that we have identified and under each one of those days, there are specific items we desire for you to be, prayed, to be praying for. Now, some of you are going to count the days and you're going to go, well, now, Brother Jeff, you know, that's not enough days. That doesn't make up 30 days. And you know what? You're right. So this is what we're going to ask you to do. On the sixth day, we're going to ask you to join with your family and for you as a family to pray together through this entire guide. You say, well, Brother Jeff, we're still one day short. Well, that brings us to Sunday. And on Sunday, what we're going to do is we're going to come here as God's people, and we're going to have specific times of prayer in our worship service focusing on the area for that week. Also, if you are a Sunday school teacher... I know I haven't shared this in advance with the Sunday school teachers, but all of those this morning took it well. So I'm hoping you're going to take it well uh, also if you're a Sunday school teacher. I'm going to ask you to take five or ten minutes at the beginning of your class each week to pray through these areas that we have identified. That's what we're asking you to do. If you would do that, we would really appreciate it. You'll receive one of these each week as you go out into the foyer on your way out. At the doors, there will be ushers that will be given. Now, let me say this. You see how nice this brochure looks? That prayer guide, you can't hardly see it here. I did have one I was going to put on the big screen, but I'm not going to do that this morning. But it's really nice. It says 30 days of prayer on one side. God still moves on the next side. Then it has some circles, and it says church, family, community, and world. I take no credit, all right? I did none of that. This was done by Laura, and it was also done by Terry, and I just want to say how much I appreciate both of those ladies. What the staff and I did was get together, and we scribbled a bunch of stuff on a piece of paper, and then we handed it to Laura and said, can you do something with this? And she graciously brought it all together, and then Miss Terry printed them all out and made them this size so they would fit in your Bible, you see, and you can carry it wherever you go. All right? So I'm challenging you this morning to make the commitment 
over the next 30 days for us as a church to come together and let's just seek how God desires to lead us into the future as God's people. Now, also, I have another challenge for you this morning as your pastor. This is the more, this is the more difficult of the two challenges. I'm going to challenge you to be here for the next four Sundays following this Sunday to make the commitment I'm going to return each and every Sunday to be a part of this challenge. And the reason I challenge you to do that is I think we say something very important to the Lord when we're willing to make a commitment. I think we say to the Lord through our commitment with Him or commitment to Him and commitment with one another that we have a genuine desire in our heart to see God move and work in our lives in a way we've never experienced it before. So I'm going to challenge you to make that commitment today. All right. If you have your Bibles, open them to Acts, the second chapter. Acts, the second chapter. And we're going to be looking at verses 41 through 47 this morning. Now, I know this is going to be a very familiar passage for many of you. And the reason that is, is because several weeks ago, we preached, or I preached, a series of sermons out of this passage about the church. It was a series that I simply entitled, The Church, and then we looked at six different characteristics of the early church. Well, I will tell you this morning, there are actually seven different characteristics of the early church. I deliberately left one of them off for this morning. The seventh characteristic of the early church is the church was a praying people. They were a praying people. Let's listen to what God's Word says here, beginning in verse 41. So those who received His Word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. Did you hear what Luke said there in verse 42 of this passage of Scripture? He said these early believers devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer was a vital ministry of the early church. So this morning what I want us to do is I want to make three important statements about prayer. Three statements that I hope will guide and direct our 30 days of prayer. Now I will share with you this morning, when you hear these three statements, they're not like eye-opening, revealing statements. You're going to say, I've heard all of that. I know that. But what I want us to do is just to remind us of some very important things concerning prayer. So if you're taking notes this morning, statement number one is this. Prayer 
is born out of our personal relationship with the Lord God. Let me restate that. Prayer is born out of our personal relationship with the Lord God. Now, some of you may hear that statement, and you may say, Pastor, isn't that a given? But I'm not sure that it truly is. We assume it is, but in our postmodern way of thinking, many people look at God as this grandfatherly figure who is in the sky. Or they think of God as the man upstairs. But I would tell you this morning, that is the furthest thing from the truth. I want you to listen to what Jesus Christ said to his apostles about prayer. If you have your Bibles, turn them over to the 11th chapter of the book of Luke. 11th chapter of the book of Luke. And in just a moment, we're going to be reading a verse of scripture there. But I want to put this passage of Scripture in context. I want to kind of set the stage for what is happening here in this particular story. This is early on in the ministry of Jesus Christ. But early on in his ministry, the apostles have noticed there is something different about Jesus Christ when he speaks to the Heavenly Father in comparison to the religious leaders when they speak to the Heavenly Father. So the apostles come to Jesus Christ, and they ask Jesus Christ, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Now I want you to listen to how Jesus Christ responds to that. Verse 2, And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Now, most of us know that as the Lord's Prayer, or sometimes it's referred to as what? The model prayer. But do you hear how Jesus Christ started this particular prayer? He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. That word Father here in this passage of Scripture, this verse of Scripture, is a word of intimacy. It's the word Abba in the Greek. We would say it in this way when we refer to our earthly fathers. We would say, Daddy. Do you hear the intimacy in this expression? This was a word of intimacy. It spoke of an intimate, personal relationship with the Heavenly Father. We need to understand prayer is our recognition of our need for God in our lives. Prayer is us connecting with the Heavenly Father. Prayer is something that we all need to strive for in our lives. Prayer is predicated upon me having an intimate, personal relationship with the Heavenly Father. So, the first statement is this. Prayer is born out of our personal relationship with the Lord God. Number two, this is the second statement. Prayer should be a priority in the life of every believer. Let me state it again. Prayer should be a priority in the life of every believer. 
Now, I want us to go back to this passage of Scripture, and I want you to hear how Jesus Christ started this passage of Scripture. Sometimes when we read these words, it's so easy for us to gloss over the words and miss exactly what it is that Jesus Christ is saying. Listen to what he says here in verse 2. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Now, did you hear what Jesus said? Jesus didn't say, if you pray. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you pray, this is the manner in which you should pray. The indication by Jesus Christ is that all believers will pray. Earlier, when we read Acts, the second chapter, do you remember what Luke said about the church? He said that that church devoted themselves to prayer. That word devoted there actually means to adhere to. Have you ever seen two pieces of paper that have been glued together? What happens when you glue two pieces of paper together and the glue dries? It's almost impossible to separate the two pieces of paper. Isn't that true? That's what Luke was saying in this passage of Scripture. Luke was saying that prayer was such an intricate part of the early believer's life, it was impossible to separate it from them. It was as though prayer was glued to them. Prayer is the obligation of every single believer. So the second statement is, prayer should be a priority in the life of every believer. Now, don't miss what I said in that statement. I said it in a very particular way. I didn't say that prayer should be the priority of every believer. I said it should be a priority of every believer. I think you would agree with me this morning that prayer is not our only priority as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? Don't we, shouldn't uh, the study of God's Word be a priority in our life? Shouldn't corporate worship be a priority in our life? Shouldn't giving unto the Lord be a priority in our life? Yes. And so should prayer be a priority in the life of the believer. And Jesus Christ makes that very clear in this passage of Scripture when I read it to you earlier, when He said, when you pray. Jesus assumes that His followers will pray, is what He assumes, that we will pray. Number three, number three, prayer should be specific. Prayer should be specific. Now, I think this is an area that most Christians struggle with. And the reason we struggle with it is oftentimes we tend to pray in generalities. Isn't that true? As a matter of fact, sometimes our prayers are so general in life, they could almost be applied to anything that is going on in our lives at that time. Let me give you an example. Instead of acknowledging in prayer we are blessed people, we need to list our blessings before God. In the same way, when we sin against God, we should be specific 
about the areas where we have missed the mark in our relationship with him as we seek forgiveness. I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said about prayer, specific prayer in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Did you hear what Paul said there? He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. For me, the most important word in that verse of Scripture scripture is the word everything. The reason I think it's the most important word, it carries the idea of specific request. We need to be direct and definite with our prayers. So our prayers should be specific. Let me illustrate it like this. How many of you have children? Do you have children? I don't know if your children are like my children, but I think they're probably a whole lot like mine. When they want daddy to buy them something, very rarely do they come to me and say, hey, daddy, we want you to buy me something, just, just anything. Just get whatever you want. We just want you to buy us something. They don't usually say that. Do you know what my children usually do when they want daddy or mama to buy them something? They come to us and they are very specific about what it is that they want. Now, daddy, you need to understand, I don't want the red bike, I want the yellow bike. And I don't want the bike that has the basket on the front, I want the bike that has the basket on the back. And I don't want the 24-inch bike, I want the 28-inch bike. And I don't want the one with just the small wheels on it, I want the one with the big wheels on it, daddy. And I want the one you can change the gear. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand? Think about it for a moment. Jesus Christ referred to our Heavenly Father as our Daddy. Do you hear that? If we are willing to do that for our children, when they come to us and ask of us, how much more does our Father desire to give unto us? But sometimes our prayers are so general, how would God ever be able to answer them? Do you see what I'm saying? We need to be specific with God in our prayers. Not pray in generalities. So I want us to stop just a moment this morning and I want us to review very quickly what it is that I've shared with you. I've shared with you three very important statements that I desire as your pastor to guide and direct us in our 30 days of prayer. The first, prayer is born out of our personal relationship with God. Listen to me very carefully. You cannot connect with someone you do not know. Do you understand? You can't. That is the starting point. Number two, prayer should be the priority of every believer's life. All of our lives should be characterized by prayer. Number three, our prayers 
should be specific. When I read God's Word and I study God's Word, what I have come to realize is this. The early church was a praying people. This morning, as we conclude, I want to do something a little bit different than what I normally do. I want to play for you a song in a video. And I want you to listen very carefully to the words. Because I believe the words of this song best sums up prayer in the life of God's people. Can we get that video this morning?
As we conclude this morning, I want to ask you a question. How important is prayer in your life? A great man said, the highest and the holiest activity you will ever be involved in is when you communicate with the creator of the universe. F.B. Myers, a great theologian, made this statement about prayer. The single greatest tragedy in the Christian life is not unanswered prayer. The single greatest tragedy is unoffered prayer. Warren Wiersbe said, Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. Prayer is getting God's will accomplished on earth. Will you make the commitment this morning to enter into 30 days of prayer where we truly come together as God's people on our knees before Him and we truly seek Him and pour out our hearts and our lives before Him, asking Him to move in our lives in a way that He has never, ever moved before. I am convinced that we serve a God that still moves. And what He wants to do more than anything else is to move in your heart and in my life today. The question is, will we allow Him to do that? Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for the privilege and the honor of coming before You this morning. Father, as we prepare to enter into this time of invitation, I pray first that it would be a time where each one of us who are members here at Crestwood would make the commitment to humble ourselves before You and to truly seek Your face in prayer. And Lord, ask You to move in our lives in such a way that we've never experienced it before. That there would be no doubt, Lord, in our hearts and in our lives that what has taken place has been a result of your hand. Father, if there are people here today who don't know you in a personal way, I pray today would be the day that they enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through faith, that they would personally invite him to come into their hearts and their lives and to save them, to change them, Lord, to make them into a new creation. Father, we give you the rest of this time in our worship service and pray that you would have your way in our hearts, and in our lives. We pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.